Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Founders need to build a cultural foundation before they build the product. Building the right team is more important than building a team. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do much. Any idea who said that, Melinda? I don't know. Helen Keller. <laughs> you knew. I did. I did. You, you did give me a, you did give me a I hint. I gave you a heads up. You did. You did. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to disrupt recruiting. We share insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts and provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenge. Today, our guest is Melinda Kim. Melinda is the co-founder and executive director of PeopleSpace. Uh, PeopleSpace is actually here in Irvine, and it's an incubator and workspace. She's also a proven executive slash entrepreneur who facilitates collaboration, innovation between developers, business entrepreneurs from around the world. Aside from responsibilities with PeopleSpace, she's also a startup weekend facilitator at NASA Space Apps Lead. That's pretty impressive. She also specializes in statistics-driven product analysis, business strategy, growth, community, and social impact. Melinda, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Wow, thank you so much. You do that so much better than I do. You know what? I don't. I just have good writers. That's great. Wow. Can I steal that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that bio sounds great. <laughs> I love it. I took it from your LinkedIn bio. Uh, awesome. You already read it. I know. I, did. <laughs> I forgot all about it. I'm like, wow, I did do all those things. Well, yeah, I'll pre record it for you and then you can just put it on your website and you'll be good to go. Perfect. All right. I love it. So today we're talking about teams, which seems to be the theme of the month here. So we're going to go over a few things. Since you have experience at the founder and ground level, of, we're going to talk about the importance of taking the time to select the right team, some of the challenges that you see with uh, some of the companies that you've, that you've helped to get off the ground, and how to set the right foundation for building that team. So let's start with challenges. Talk to us about what you see at Incubator. Yeah, so one of the biggest challenges that we always hear is finding the right person to co-found a company with, or even just finding the right talent to, to be a good fit for your startup. Or because a startup, it. yeah, yeah. It's, um, you're only three, you know, between two to four people. So every single person counts. Every single person that comes on board and they all have to do everything. So if you have the wrong person, it's easily spread. You know, if it's, if it's poison, it's like it's spread into four people very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. So having the right person from the start is just so detrimental. So I think that it really is a biggest challenge. So, that there, you know, there's a lot of different meetups and groups, you know, like co-founders lab. There's a lot of those groups that want to facilitate finding the right person. But sometimes I just really think it's, just like marriage. It's just like dating and you just have to be out there. You have to look for that person or it's probably somebody that you've known for a really long time right in front of your face and you don't know it. So I I strongly feel that it's it's very much like that. Going out there and finding a co-founder is, is tough. Now, how many companies have you seen come through the door? Over the last five years we've been here, at least... 300. Wow. Yeah, between uh, you know startup projects to barely coming on board. And then we also had not just our incubator, but we had di different incubators coming through and um, talking to different startups. So we've seen quite a bit walking through our door anywhere from uh, year one to year three. Have you seen anybody come through and you said, there's no way that these guys are going to make it? That's a terrible team. You know... 
You don't have to say who. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and really, it's never about the idea. It really is actually about the team. And you look at the people or their, val- or their values and you say, wow, that, you know, either they're going to run that company to the ground early on or, and I've seen that even with bigger companies, no, yeah. knowing early on, you know, some of the values that companies held. And really, you know, within two to three years, the company either like folded or, or, has, or is in, in just big trouble. So what would you say would be the, the most common reason why those people don't match? What's been the biggest problem with the teams you've seen come through? I think it is a cultural fit and a value fit. And sometimes, so I can only sometimes speak for myself, yeah. just from my own knowledge too. I mean, I, I do see a lot of teams that come through and I and you I You can do, be nice and I'll throw people under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really try not to, Rick. <laughs> Being very politically correct here. I will do it. Um, you know, but you know, but for me, it's it was more like when I do have a partner or, or a co-founder, sometimes our characters are different or like mm-hmm. our values are different or what or how we build product is very different. And so how and then just like a marriage too, again, I'm going to go back to that. Yeah. It's how you come through those diversity and, and how you actually solve problems. If you as a team cannot solve problems, then that is that's detrimental. Yeah, so absolutely. if you if there are disagreements and there are and you can't find that common ground or or you can't agree, so let's say like you have a bunch of money and you're going to make a decision on um, either to do something to take that or if it's against the value of a company to actually do that particular transaction and the founders disagree, you know, it's like, well, that's a lot of money, we should do that, or and the other one's like, well, that's never what we're about. Right. That's sure. huge. And, and those are the values that sets the tone for the company. If you value money first, then mm. the other team members will also see that it's like, Oh, you know, they can offer this, even though it was not what we're about, but they're going to do it. Then they're going to know like, Oh, they're, they're, they're valuing money first right now. And that's the biggest problem that I've seen with a lot of startups, the values. They don't have their values even written down or they don't know what they are. Yeah. yeah. So they, they don't sit down to think about, okay, look at my, our value is going to be this, 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 and this, and this is how we're going to build the company. Those conversations never happen. They don't. Those are so important. They're probably more important than let's get the money. Or the product, right? So yeah. when you're first building, I, I get it. Just to get that product off the ground is like climbing Mount Everest, right? Just to even get that thing up and running, just to even get people to use it. And then now you're thinking about how do we going to grow it or even just getting one to even like it or to pay for it. Those are huge problems as it is, right? As opposed to like, do I really get along with you? No. Can we just get this product to work? But then you don't have to get along that well because you can have conflicting personalities. I mean, there's a yes. lot of... There's a lot of good things that come out of conflict. Yes. It's just how you deal with that conflict. Yes. And in fact, I feel like you should work with people who have very different views than you yeah. than you, and, and people who are smarter than you. But at the same time, it's kind of like, are you, how do you guys go about solving those differences? And, and I think it, it comes down to just like marriage, it's respect. It's knowing that, hey, you know what? We might not like certain things by each other, but we have to get there. And so I respect you enough that, you know, you're on your team, you're on our team. We know you can get it done. You can get shit done. So let's just do this. I so, like it. You dropped the shit bomb. The shit before bomb. Before me. <laughs> you know what? I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. If I'm, I could say bad words. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're spot on. So yeah. getting shit done. When you talk to them about it, they look like rabbits and like deer in a headlight. Deer in headlights, yeah. So yeah, like that. You know, you need to define what your culture is. I know you're trying to get product out, yeah. but you guys need to figure out who you are first. Yes. I think those conversations come 
as needed, you know, just like anything yeah. else, right? So like you build a product, everything's going great, and then it's going to start to expand. It's like, oh, we should add one more person. Now that might be the time to say, okay, if we're going to add this, who is it going to be? What, then that conversation kind of comes about, I think it does come in time, but knowing the timing to have those conversations are, yeah. you know, is really important. That next person that you add, when you decide to do that, you need to be very strategic about it too, because mm-hmm. that's another that's another personality you're putting in the match. Yes. The biggest mistake that I see companies do is they hire for skills. Yes. As opposed to somebody who brings transferable skills, but who fits better culturally. Definitely. Yeah. Or... You know, you can make the mistake that I've done. It's like, oh, anyone with that skill set will do right now. I've done that too. If you yeah. like, if you like what we're about, then you're in. Yeah. Right. Because you're just so excited that they're excited, and we're like, we're gonna make this work. <laughs> and it no. doesn't. <laughs> it no. Doesn't. It doesn't too often. And that was a, from a personal experience. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, only three to seven percent of random hires like that work out. So you have such a low percentage of uh, possibility that that person is going to work out. Scary, right? It is so scary. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like dating. What is the (laughs) percentage? Well, you went to marriage first. Now you're going to dating. All right. Well, that process is dating. Who you end up with is like a marriage. That's true. So Both ways. It is. Let's talk about how we structure the company because I think that's Mm -hmm. really important for companies. Again, you have this issue where you've got people coming in, they're trying to get work done. At what stage do you advise them? Hey, look, maybe you guys should back up a little bit and think about what your culture is and how we build this out. Definitely early on. Definitely early on with the co-founders of the company, like the core of the company. Um, I think as you sort of incorporate, so I always advise founders to like not incorporate until they actually sort of have something. Um, Got it. Or even like when you sort of, plan on having revenue just because sometimes uh, you know as entrepreneurs we change our ideas so quickly that if you're just to two of you no need to incorporate if you weren't going to plan to like um get investment for another at least six to nine months or so you have you have a, you have a little bit of a runway but then you have a whole different set of problems later on down the road when you do incorporate or you set up the structure right right so when you do <clears throat> incorporate that's when you have a little bit more things in place right yeah. hopefully and that's when you're going to have like your core team members in place your advisors in place uh, maybe some couple of your board members in place um and then that would be a great time you know to talk about everything whether, yeah. it, whether it's um transparency it's equity it's you know, how, or just mission, vision, and values. Just It's just having those conversations of like, okay, what is it that we really value? What is it that what is it that we want to build? What type of structure do we want it? Do we want it to be more hierarchical or do we want much more flat structure? Um, do we want it to be more a democratic environment or do we want something that we're like, we're really just needs to be a boss, you know? And there's no right or wrong, actually. It's really depends no. on, on the, um, it actually depends on the product. And then also depends on the founder. It's very dependent upon the people that you have in there because every culture is like a unique little snowflake. Right. (laughs) They're all going to be different. And some of them might be a total dictatorship and some of them might be a a total democracy. Right. But if they work, they work. Right. So, but I think taking it back though, the conversation needs to be had early on. How do we solve problems? Yes. How are we going to figure this out? Big time. Yeah. Do you have these conversations when you bring people in? Okay. Hey, how do you solve problems? So we definitely do an observation first and we do a lot of, um, call like the round robin brainstorming, which is more like doing exercises out in the open in transparency, which is, uh, it could be anywhere from like the mission, vision, values or the business model canvas, but doing that out in the open so that we all see what 
our ideas about this company actually is. And then we all talk about it, right? So that, um, and sometimes, and then how you end up to be in agreement or like, well, they're like, oh, I thought our, our vision for five years is going to be this. And then, you know, and the other time down founder was like, no, we were talking about that. And we really thought, you know, we were going to go this way. So very early on, I think those discussions and how you actually arrive to a decision, that's the part that in the dynamics of the group, I think. Do you have startups that actually plan five years out? Because you no. really can't do no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's more like the vision, right? It's yeah. like, I'm going to like conquer the world. I'm going to have this pair of shoes fly to the moon and back. That's the vision <laughs> in five years. All right. Right. All right. If you're just joining us on the live stream and podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And today our guest is Melinda Kim, the co-founder and executive director of People Space. So we just talked a little bit about the actual problems. And now we're going to Let's give our audience some framework as to how to establish and build your mission, vision, values. and Yeah, so I touched on it a little bit um, earlier. So I do feel like transparency is key. Sure. And also having that transparency in a constructive way is key because we can all be blunt and rude, mm-hmm. but we don't want to do that and to hurt people's feelings, but to also be, but be transparent and also have compassion and respect and yeah. all those things things, right? And an actual framework, just like I would say, is putting out these, what used to be leadership exercises, you know, like in the mission, vision, values, or or even writing the your uh, your company's mission. Like that could be in a founder's activity or group activity, where everybody writes it down, and then they all share it to each other. I did something like just creating that type of everybody's heard culture. I think it's really just just that alone. I think it's really important. And having the founders sometimes hear those things too, I think it's really helpful. It's like thinking like, gosh, I thought I was so clear. So many times do you feel like sometimes you say something and you thought you were so clear and someone comes back and said, no, you... Yeah. You said that you didn't say this, but it, but in your mind you're like, no, I was so clear <laughs> that, happens, that I said, that happens to me all the time. This so. right, yeah. So I think that um, it's really good for leadership to also hear yeah. what they are hearing. Um, so I think having that kind of communication exercises are, are really, really, really good. And I do feel that those things should just not happen like once a year or once every five years. It really should be a, like an operational system where like you're, you can continually do these things to check back with your, your, your co-founders and, and, and your employees. So you're looping it back around to communication. I mean, you really have to have daily communication. But even if you're a company that's been funded, let's say you're 100 people, that's still, if, and there's a lot of 100 people companies out there that don't have a mission, like they don't know what their core values are or what their culture is. It's not, it's not scary. That, that's terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah. Doesn't that scare you? Very scary. I, yeah, but there's, there's probably thousands of them just in a 10-mile radius of hair, <laughs> right? And they're working, so what am I talking about, right? Yeah, and they're, and they're probably doing well. I mean, they do right, have a right. culture, mm-hmm. but it's probably not very stated, and, and mm-hmm. it's probably more of a job environment as opposed right. to something that's going to be able to flourish. So, you know, in the startup culture, we, we know I deal with a lot of startups also um, overseas, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing I always come back to communication is because mm-hmm. culture is also ingrained into how we speak and then it also affects innovation so if you can't ask the questions back if you can't give feedback if you are not allowed to do those things then innovation stops cycles yeah yes so that's why i feel like um certain companies might do really really great up to a certain point but once those things stop being able to get feedback or stop listening 
to your employees, to your customers, to whoever it may be, then I think that's when that company stops innovating. So they may generate income, they may generate revenue from whatever product or things that they they are doing, but I'm not sure if they are setting up themselves to be innovators. That's always scary to me when I talk to companies and they talk to me about like, well, we're just maintaining right now. Like that's that's the death word. Yeah, it is. Right. How long are you going to maintain until you realize somebody's just doing what you're doing, but so much better. Yeah, there's always a better mousetrap being built. And then what ends up happening is you have to buy that better mousetrap. Yeah. Which for some companies, it makes sense. If you're you're Google, sure, let everybody else innovate. Yeah. Right? Right. Saves you a lot of money. Exactly. It works for them. Yeah. (laughs) If you're a smaller company, Mm -hmm. you've got to have something key in place. You and I talked a little bit on the phone prior to the show and you were talking about a business model canvas. Yeah. Want to run me through that? Sure. So a business model canvas, um, you can actually pull that template up. It's uh, We use it for, I use it for everything. I use it for like training for a startup weekend. I use it for um, anytime we have a new company coming through. Um, I've used it for just general, if there are any confusions in, in, in product mm-hmm. or even brainstorming for products, I use it. Yeah. So it's an exercise that can briefly, quickly tell you about the value of your product distribution channel, who you think your customers are. So, so it's you, more product-driven. It's definitely very product-driven. Okay. But I think in the startup, that's really important. It's part of that open communication, you know, the, where you So it's a communication tool too it it's as well? A, okay. I use everything as a communication tool. Got I, it. I, I think that's where I'm, I'm coming at. At least at. you hope you do. I, at least I hope I do. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, yes, you can just have the CEO or the founder of the company do, do the business canvas which is fine too so yeah. they know everything right they know like who is supposed to be using this product or who they think is, is supposed to be using this product but as a startup we're always guessing we're always guessing like okay we're going to build this thing and we think these are the main issues for this that we're solving Got sometimes it. you think you know but you don't really know right so you kind of list all these like hypotheses and that's the business model canvas gives you that sort of um evolving hypothesis and learnings and then and, and it will show you sort of like how your product evolves through that canvas. So what if there's not alignment? What if you've got founders or core team and they're just not gelling? When you don't have that communication, how do you fix it? Yeah. So usually I I want to say, hey, saying this, but it's like usually it's like, like that one guy or the one girl, or that one person, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, why aren't you listening to me? I thought, you know, or, or... And that one person, by the way, in a small company is death. Death, company. detriment, yes. Client right now that I know, and mm. they've got a key person in their company that is totally toxic to the rest of the company culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they've got a bad reputation for a terrible company culture. Yeah, and and I do go back to the leadership of that team, yeah. or that, whoever the CEO, whoever the original, whoever has, quote-unquote, <clears throat> the highest rank, even though we would want to go into very like um, flat structure. But I do believe that that's why you re- evaluate these sort of mission, vision, and values because you can make decisions out of values, out of your values and out of your mission. So if it aligns with the values and the mission, it's we cannot take it so personally. Look, we're building this product because we're about the people. But if we do this, it's going to be about the money yeah. and not about the people. It's so hard for companies to get away from the money. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I know. If you realize that, hey, look, at if I pull the money equation out of this and I have just a great company that I'm building, the money will come. But I also, I think you do have to understand like how much impact is it going to 
give um, when you make those kinds of decisions and, and, and to see like, well, what is your company about? Are you going to take this money then or are you going to take that money? Or what is the cost? Yeah, that's a whole different Right. So that's a whole different Yeah, who right. do you take money from is, is very important too. Yes. Yeah. So I, th- those are all the really hard, hard conversations, right? So I think in a startup, you can't have those really, really, really hard conversations out in the open and be able to agree to uh, make decisions in a certain way. So like, hey, we're going to make decisions based on our values, no matter what. Or we're going to make decisions based on money, no matter what. Because right now, we just need to live. Right now, our company just needs to survive. Whatever that decision is, if there is no alignment, I do feel like that it is up to the leadership team to be leaders. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, yeah. I can't, there's no other way around it, but who, someone just needs to coach that person or to set them aside and be like, hey, like, you know, hey, look, this is what we're really going after. Or this is what we're about. And that's where the fit comes into. Yeah. Like if, if you don't feel like this is something, you know, that is right for you, then they really should reconsider like what kind of company they're working for. And as leaders, you, you have to develop the muscles. You have mm-hmm. to develop that ability to have strong EQ, yes. to be able to take the punches and roll with it, yeah. to be open to criticism from the people who are working for you. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do a lot of times. Very hard. A lot of egos in place. Oh, tons of egos in place. Lots. Especially when you're pre-revenue. And then and then it goes to far end of the spectrum if you, for some reason, you know, become a billion-dollar company. Right. Do you have any suggestions that you would run through with a startup on how they should actually build their team? I can just say sort of what I've observed. Okay. Right? Um, so I do see, you know, especially very technical-oriented teams, they tend to go product first and making sure the product well, works. Well, you have to. Yes. At that level, right. Yeah. And then it goes into um, more into the hiring or adding team members. And I think that's when conversations should really start into the structure of the company or what kind of culture are we really about. And even when you do hire the next, uh, you know, two second or third employee or or co-founders, how do you want to make decisions? Is it going to be like very democratic? Is this so sort of basing setting up the baseline for how you want to uh, you feel like at that moment? And it's all going to change. Well, it's making sure you communicate that to everybody as well. And you set expectations. I think that's the other piece where I think a lot of companies fail is that they don't really define out or set the expectations properly. Yeah. So I think the earlier, the answer would be just the earlier, the better. Any of those conversations, if we can get that out in the open, I I do feel like sometimes it's painful. It's kind of like having, what do you call that? Uh, Like agreement before you you marry. Prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having those conversations are, are never fun. But yeah. sometimes you're like, hey, that helps set sort of the expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just planning for the worst. Right. I think you need to have this done before you make your first hire. Mm-hmm. You need to have all these things in place. Mm-hmm. Because you, you might bring in somebody who you got queued up who, who might be good to fit from a you know the technological perspective or they've got the skills that you think that you need. But that one person is going to affect at least two to three other people. I say hire slowly and fire yeah. quickly. Yes. You know, if somebody's not working out within, you know, Great. 30 days, you know. It's just like dating. You go out on that first date, you, you know. know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw your <laughs> your dating reference out there. 
Yeah, you got on a first date. You're pretty confident there. Like, I'm right. done with this guy or right. girl or whoever, right? right? But then you're like, but he's really rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I just watched Crazy Rich just, Asians over the weekend. Oh my gosh, it was so such a funny movie. <laughs> that was hilarious. All right, so takeaways. Yeah. What would you say would be the best advice that you can give to um, to startups? So definitely have those conversations early. Second is really advice is really no advice. To be honest, every team is so different. Where it comes to founder product fit, to founder, to product, to the company fit, um, like some document companies are really huge into documents. Yeah. So they document everything that is part of the culture, that is part of the basis, right? Because it's part of the product. Things like that. So there's no right way. That's the hard part. You know, there's just, there is no like, yes, you should do this or you should do that. But again, I just feel like communication is key. Having the right values. Values, not just for when I, when we set the vision value, uh, the, the values for the mission vision values, um, we set it, the values, it's all the way across, not just internally, but externally. So let's say like if we're, we, we're about honesty, integrity, that means we're also the same, not only internally, but also with our customers and our clients and our vendors. And so we kind of create that sort of culture. That is how we treat everybody and not just the four of us in the room. Not me. I'm a total dictator. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. You know, and now that I'm talking to you more and more, I'm, I'm starting to feel... Yeah, you're not the first I'm one. I'm having the wrong conversations. <laughs> but, you know. I'm going to say culture first. You hire for culture first. I mean, that's really the most important thing. But more importantly, know what your culture is. Transparency, like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. is key. Um, when you hide things, people don't get the right information. Yeah. They make bad decisions. Right. And when people make bad decisions, then it's just that downhill. Now everybody starts playing the blame game. And I do have, an, have it, I guess, have another tip. Um, sure. The best companies that I've seen that has worked is are usually companies that have worked with people they've worked with before and or, or co-founders or they've been friends with forever or like, you know, 10, 15 years or like I've known them since college or, I, you know, I, he's gotten me jobs and I've gotten him jobs. Because they've been through the dirt together. They've been through that dirt. They've yeah. been through that, that disagreement. They know each other's values yeah, already. They've, they've had some fights. Yes, yeah. right. So for the few companies that do make it, as we know, is very few, they have been friends for a really long time and or, or they have worked together prior. Make sure that you go after referrals and right. people that you know, because that's usually your strongest pool of yeah, talent. I guess when you're 20, you should you know hire somebody that you've known since you were five. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Melinda, thanks for your time investment today. And, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Absolutely. Now, I'm sure that some of our listeners are going to want to uh, find out more about you. How do they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn okay. uh, under Melinda Kim. I'm also on Facebook. I think it's Melinda.M. M-E-L-I-N-D-A dot K-I-M. Awesome. Yes. And then and how do they find PeopleSpace? PeopleSpace is peoplespace.us. So, US. yeah, not .com. So it's peoplespace, P-E-O-P-L-E-S-P-A-C-E dot U-S. Perfect. And if you um, just go under contact us, info at peoplespace.us, you know, I, you'll, you'll get to me. Awesome. Or you can just call the number, you'll get to me too. Not that hard. <laughs> you want to play a little hard to get. You know, I'm pretty <laughs> suspect. I should. I should. I should put some like answering service. <laughs> All right. I want to thank our listening audience to tune in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. 
If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. Your uh, input is welcome and needed to improve the content for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at H-I-R-E-P-O-W-E-R-R-A-D-I-O.com. And you can find us by searching Higher Power Radio on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also follow me if you want. I'm pretty exciting. On Twitter, it's Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Daryl Gurney. He's the Chief Empowerment Officer for Career Guy. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 